Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be one of your hosts. Joining me today is Andrew Matrone. What's good, everybody? As well as our forever friend of the podcast, Whitney Bess. Hola. (laughs) What's up, guys? We have football season is upon us. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. That means Mm. the weather hopefully should be cooling down a little bit. And I'll be completely honest. Yesterday, I laid on my couch ate pizza and watched football from 11 till about 6:30 7 o'clock last night. Yeah, I didn't I didn't play with my kids or anything. <laughs> I barely I was, moved. Yeah, I yesterday. was a poor poor representation of a father. And yesterday. your team lost, which and makes my it team worse. Lost. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm a Vikings fan. There, right? And I just don't feel like it's going to be a great year this year. Yeah. Um but in the spirit of football, um with the season starting, I have a question for <laughs> you, a football related question, a would you rather? So here, here's the question. Would you rather have your team go on a stretch of winning Super Bowls? Like they're going to win the next three out of five Super Bowls that they play, but they're never going to win another Super Bowl in your lifetime, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Or would you want your team to draft a young version of Tom Brady or whoever you consider to be the best quarterback of all time? No guarantee of winning a Super Bowl. They could or they couldn't, but you're going to have a Hall of Fame guaranteed best quarterback in the league on your team. Well, my team hasn't won a Super Bowl since 95. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take a Super Bowl. Would you? Yes. You'll take, you'll take a stretch of three Super Bowls, but knowing that for the rest of your life, there's no chance of yeah, them ever no, winning. Yeah, I just want to win right now. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. I've nev- my team's never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, Vikings have never won really? a Super Bowl. Never. Interesting. I would do the Hall of Famer. I would too. Yeah. I like to I, I wanna be a part of something. Like rally, be in it, you know? Yeah. The John Elway days. That was just oh, I just nice. I feel like I, I love football too much to know that I to know I would <laughs> never win another Super Bowl if I won like those three. Right. The John yeah. Elway days, you were like seven. I remember it though. Nah, like I do that's like me saying going I to church. Michael Jordan's I rem- I remember Michael Jordan too. I remember one series Michael Jordan played in. That's when Here's I really the thing. My dad didn't have a boy, and so I kind of took on that role. So I remember things. That was like me and my dad's bonding moments. The sports? The sports. Well, we're not going to take that away from you. you See? Just, yeah, bye. You, know, you can lie to our audience. <laughs> made us feel bad now. So. so, hey, ask yourself that question. Would you take Super Bowls or a Hall of Fame quarterback. But let's jump into the meat of the podcast, what we're actually here to talk about. <laughs> um, oh, we are definitely not equipped to do a sports podcast. But over the past few weeks, we've kind of been in a discussion about the Holy Spirit. Week one, we kind of talked about what are the gifts of the Spirit? Where do we get this idea from? Are they still relevant for today? Week two, we dove in a little more specifically on the gift of tongues. It's probably one of the most frequently asked questions we get um, when it comes to what spiritual gifts are and what that specifically is. And so if this is your first time listening or maybe your first time in the Holy Spirit series, 
might go back, listen to those two, and could answer a couple questions you might have or give you a clearer picture on the discussion we're going to have today. But today we are diving in to the other gifts of the Holy Spirit as defined by 1 Corinthians 12. We got wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, discernment, tongues and interpretation, and prophecy. And I think Mm -hmm. that we have this misconception that when we talk about spiritual gifts, all spiritual gifts have to be spectacular. Like, mm-hmm. And some are. Some are so different than maybe what we would experience on a normal day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the ones that we hold in like the highest esteem of like, if you don't experience the spectacular ones, you're, you're for some reason not as spiritual or something like that. Right. But But we have to remember that all of these gifts listed are gifts of the Spirit. They're mm-hmm. gifts given to us to help us grow and to help build the church. And so, Andrew, I kind of want to kick over this first thought, maybe not even a question, but kind of around this misconception that if you're not operating in a gift that feels quote unquote spectacular or overtly supernatural or other than you're not actually operating in the gifts of the spirit. And that's not true. So share with us kind of your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think that I, I really want to, like, normalize spiritual mm-hmm. gifts. Not not that uh, spiritual gifts are necessarily normal uh, by no means, but if you have a relationship with Jesus, you've said yes to Jesus, you've given your life to him, Scripture would, would tell us that you now have the Holy Spirit living inside you, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, which is the Holy Spirit, now lives in you. And so if you've said yes to Jesus, you follow him with your life, the Holy Spirit is in you and is active in you, then you have access to the gifts of the Spirit. And you have the ability to, to walk in these on a daily basis um, to, to multiple different levels. And, and Connor, last week you, you, you made this statement that I think that people tend to think that walking in the gifts of the Spirit can feel like a, a personality trait, mm-hmm. where it's um, only certain types of people have those. They're they're just a more charismatic person. They're more a, right. a, a lively person. They're, they're more they're Pentecostal. They're more s- spiritual. That's just like a personality trait. And I think that we've allowed ourselves to believe that um, that it's all, it's a personality trait to engage with the spirit. That if I'm not like this, then I, I can't operate in that. And so I, I want to kind of take a minute to to really try to normalize. Mm-hmm. some gifts of the Spirit. I know that we do, like you just said, we talk a lot about the the supernatural kind of gifts that are the healing or the speaking in tongues or discerning spirits or certain things like that. But there's also gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge, mm-hmm. gifts of faith. Um, there's gifts of administration, the gift of, of helps. Um, and and I think that that people are operating in these gifts even without knowing it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I want to be able to, to give like you some feet to this a little bit. If, if you're listening out there, you're like, I really want these kind of gifts. But can I share with you that, that maybe you've been operating in these yeah. kind of gifts. Like you, yeah. you're the kind of person who you walk into a room and you just want to serve people. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're the first one to take out the trash. You're, you're always just ser- serving. You're helping people. It's just kind of who you are. Mm-hmm. We would say that that's a spiritual gift that God has given you that gift or or you just you're so good with administration or, or you you just seem to be the person that people always come to for advice you have a level of wisdom and knowledge um that you might be operating 
in spiritual gifts w- without without even really knowing it because you've allowed yourself to believe that gifts of the spirit are this like really big out there. Yeah. I have to look this way or talk this way. Um, but I think throughout scripture, there's so many things that are gifts of the spirit that I think people are operating in on mm-hmm. a daily basis that they may not, may not even know that they're, they're doing that. Yeah. yeah. And to normalize kind of, I know you said like the spectacular gifts. I even want to, I would even go so far as to say that, you know, the gift of healing, we kind of briefly talked about it last week, just off um, offline and just it had seems so amazing like oh this person prayed and this arm grew back or this leg straightened out and I went home and I was just thinking about that particular gift and I was like you know what if you're a doctor or if you're a nurse out there listening to this podcast I would even go so far as to say mm-hmm. a counselor you are operating in the gift of healing yeah. and um, I know my mom was a nurse and she worked with babies her whole um, nursing career. And I remember when I was born, I had, um, a tear duct that wasn't closed. And so my mom, she knew all the things like there could be surgery, there could be all these things. And she just prayed over my eye. They kept praying and it was healed. And she, it just, she, she knew all the facts. She was in the doctor. She was in the hospital. She knew all the things. And so I think both avenues are, um, so important. And also Jesus did heal people from like the inside out. So if you're a counselor and you are actually helping people heal their hearts, their wounds, their past baggage. So like what Andrew is saying, like it's so normal, like you're doing such a good job and you're operating in a gift that might seem spectacular, yeah. but to you, it's just normal and everyday yeah, thing. Really yeah. I think that, um, I mean, Jesus was the embodiment of every single one of these spiritual gifts at one time. And so we like to elevate certain ones because they seem so different than us. But Mm -hmm. when Jesus, to build his body that he's coming back for, gave certain gifts to certain people to all kind of come together. And so I guess uh, maybe like a little follow-up question to this would be, let's say, at least for now, you haven't found yourself drawn to, interested in, or, or maybe even comfortable with the, the gifts that feel a little more spectacular or supernatural, what do you feel like are good ways to maybe identify in yourself if you have, maybe I tend to lean towards like a gift of knowledge or a gift of wisdom. Like, do you think there's a way that maybe some of our listeners can discern mm-hmm. the gifts that don't seem to get as much shine maybe as, as the sure. other ones that we like to talk about or maybe have questions about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of with the goal goal of these past couple weeks is is helping people recognize um, that the Holy Spirit is alive and active, that the Holy Spirit wants to engage with you, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you, um, that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's so much different scripture that identifies um, what it means to be led by the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And so I think that... um, if this is something that you're listening, you're like, man, I want to like operate more. I want to, I want to know if I'm engaging with the spirit like I, like I'd really desire to. Well, you you have to get into script in the scripture and begin to read it and understand it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you know, when you do uh, like the Enneagram yeah. or yeah. or certain like personality assessments, yeah, you you read something, you're like, dude, actually that. That is, that is how yeah. I am. I yeah, actually, I really, yeah. I really enjoy that. That is how I respond to certain situations. 
I think the scripture is kind of the same thing where all of a sudden you're reading something and you're like, wow, that I really identify with that. So there's certain things in here, like even uh, the discerning gift of discerning spirits. Yeah. For me, I read that and I'm like, I, I'm not saying that I walk into a room and I'm like, there's a demon. There <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I do feel like I, I walk into you do. a room sometimes and I'm like, man, Something feels something feels different. Something feels off. I, I need to pray here. I need to speak to this person. I need to, um, and so I, I think that kind of treat scripture sometimes as a as a gift assessment or yeah. a, um, an identifier mm-hmm. to let God speak to you and be like, wow, I really feel like that's what. And then begin to exercise that. Yeah. yeah. And now begin to think of times when I'm giving advice or times when I'm serving. Mm-hmm. Speak it over yourself. Like I'm operating in my yeah. My gift. And my gift. Didn't, yeah. didn't when we were interns, didn't we take a spiritual gifts test? We did, yeah. Or, so maybe that yeah. that could be like a launch pad for yeah. for you. Maybe we could link it. I don't know. Yeah, but. I, I think there's a there's a lot of spiritual gift tests out there. And kind of like what Andrew was saying, I think like you can identify things within yourself. Like, are you the person all your friends come to for advice? Like yep. maybe you've been given the gift of, of wisdom or knowledge or something like that. And one thing I kind of want to encourage people in is like, grow in your gift. I think sometimes because it's a gift, we think that we have all of it. But Mm -hmm. I think all of us would agree that Michael Jordan and LeBron James are (laughs) gifted in basketball, you know, but they could be gifted and never practice, never try, never get better at their craft. And you could have what a six, eight, six, nine LeBron James, Mm -hmm. who's an average player if he doesn't really hone his craft. And so Read through 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 like we, we kind of told you to last week. Um, look some stuff up. Find some literature. Find some articles online. Find some tests. Pray about it and then practice it. Grow in it. If yeah. you, you know, like learn about the gifts of the Spirit and not just the supernatural, quote unquote, spectacular gifts, because um, all of them are supernatural. All of them are given to you by the Holy Spirit. And so. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. I, I do think that it, Scripture doesn't say. If we're limited to a certain gift um, for the rest of our lives, like there might be certain gifts that that the Holy Spirit allows us to operate in in certain seasons of life or certain yeah. circumstances, mm-hmm. and so don't. If you do a gift assessment test, great. I think it, it gives you a little bit of insight, but just like an enneagram, yeah. gives you some insight, but right. doesn't define who you are. Yeah. Right. Um. Get get some insight, but don't be like I have the gift of faith. Yeah. So everything that I do now is I'm going to take steps of faith just all day, every day. <laughs> I'm going to like reckless abandon. No, like um, like you said, identify it, begin to operate in it. But it doesn't have to be like yeah, there's I'm a, like this weird person yeah. now who just I constantly am outside of living in the real world. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes gifts are given for situations. Like if there's not a situation that needs a gift of faith, might not be time to operate yeah. in that. Like if you have a gift of healing, but – Nobody needs healed. Mm-hmm. It, that gift isn't appropriate at that we'll time. And so, yeah, no, I think that's really good. Yeah. Um, an interesting thought, though, and something we're going to kind of dive in a little more specifically right now is of all of these gifts in in First uh, Corinthians twelve through fourteen, Paul encourages every believer to desire the gift of prophecy. Basically, he says that everybody has or should want to operate at some level within the gift of the prophetic. And mm-hmm. so if that is the case, how would we define prophecy for today? Is it the same in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament? And 
why should every believer desire that gift? Connor, I would love for you to answer this question. You would love for me yes, to answer I this Yes, I feel like question. you have such a good way of putting like Old Testament to New Testament God into words. Okay. So. If we had a theologian of this yeah, podcast. It's you. It's Connor. <laughs> yeah. I'd feel bad for you guys if that's who you're counting on for that. Well, it can't be me. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's you or Whitney you guys fight over. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. How would we define prophecy for today? I, I think that prophecy for today is is both the same and different in the Old Testament. And you're like, okay, what does that even mean? Um, I think that there are gifts that God gives specific people that tend to just lean into a little more of who they are. I think that the Bible tells us that there are gifts given to the church. That's where we get ideas of pastors, shepherds, teachers, preachers, prophets. Um, And so these people, I think, kind of have this gift to, I don't want to say see into the future, because it's not it's not magic. It's not predicting the future. Um, it is, I think, getting a spiritual pulse on either what's going on, what what might be coming, or what has happened in the past that might be holding a person or a church back from mm-hmm. something. Um, but Paul actually gives prophecy a new definition in First Corinthians fourteen. It says this. He says First uh, Corinthians fourteen three says the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening. They're encouraging and their comfort. And so I think we have to draw a line in the sand. Whenever we talk about prophecy, we think of Old Testament prophets who would hear from God, deliver a message to a group of people, and it was really the only way of God expressing his Thus saith the Lord. Yeah, like mm-hmm. immediate desire for people in a moment. We believe now that we have the Bible, we have the scripture, and and not that God doesn't still speak because he does, but the perfect revelation of who Jesus is, what his plan is of salvation and his goals are for the church have been laid out to us in scripture. So Mm -hmm. we no longer have to inquire, what does God think about this? Or what does God want for his people or his church? That's laid out in scripture. But I do think there are moments um, where where God can take his overarching narrative of scripture and then bring it home and personalize it for you in a specific moment. I think prophecy in the Old Testament was this is what God is saying. Mm -hmm. Prophecy in the New Testament is almost a discerning the heart of God in Scripture and then applying it to somebody's specific situation in life. And and Paul defines it in Corinthians as most of the time strengthening, Mm -hmm. encouraging, and comforting. So when we look at it in that context, I think that's how we can see how Paul desires every single believer to want to operate in that. He's saying, I want every single believer to strengthen one another, encourage one another, and comfort one another. And I love yeah. those three because they're they're all encompassing. Strengthening doesn't necessarily mean, sometimes to strengthen somebody, you need to confront them mm-hmm. on something that God might give you insight on, on, hey, they're struggling with this and they need to, they need to repent. I need you to confront somebody on this. I mean, encouraging and comforting, that's, that's God's word <clears throat> coming in and giving hope where there is no hope, mm-hmm. you know, but... I think when we look at it from that angle, that can give us a lot more of a, okay, that makes a lot more sense than mm-hmm. Paul wants everybody to look into the future and try to predict what's what's going to happen or what's going on yeah. sort of thing. And that was the best way to answer that question. See, this is why I kicked it to you. Okay, great. well. Because <laughs> I know for me, like I've been in environments and church history of my past, and there's just been prophecy to me has been very misappropriated. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I get 
I even get really confused on, uh, like, I've just been in environments where I'm like, ooh, this is not right. And I don't know how to say it's not right, but everyone seems to be into it. So am I just the weird one? And then I, I mean, I have a ton of questions even coming into this podcast, like what's the difference between prophecy and visions and words of knowledge? Like, I don't know if you guys have felt that, but there's some times where I'm like, this person got a vision, but is that prophecy Right. Yeah, and the difference between those? But you did a really good job of explaining what Paul, the difference is between the two. And I just learned something. So thank you. No, that's great. And I think that a, a prophetic word from say someone gives you a prophetic word it doesn't necessarily constitute the authoritative word of god right yeah. in the old yeah. testament it was the authoritative word of god that god spoke through prophets to the people but but prophet prophecies now someone speaks a prophetic word over you it's the human interpretation of a revelation that was received so mm. uh, these are spoken in human words through a human mind um, which is why they must be tested. So, so scripture yeah. um, says in where is it in First Thessalonians, also First John four. It says, "Do not treat prophecies with contempt." So, mm-hmm. beneath consideration. So, if if I speak a prophetic word over you, don't treat it with contempt. Um, or it's like don't just not consider it. But it says, but but test them, mm-hmm. but test it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I I think that's that's really really important for for us to to test what what pe- somebody speaks over you. But I believe that that prophecy is something that you feel this, this divine revelation, um, but it's married with with scripture. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're creating out of thin air some thought that um, goes against something in scripture. Or um, so I, I think that's it's not the authoritative word of God. It's human words with their human mind. Um, but so I, I think it's important to to understand that. But it always has to marry scripture. That's why I think that Paul's like, "Yo, test it," because someone just spoke something over me. Wow, that felt really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it doesn't marry with scripture, then that wasn't a yeah a prophetic word. If that creates just more confusion in my life, that might not have been a prophetic word. Yeah. Yeah. I might go a little off script here, but um, I know for me, and you guys can speak into this, but I have felt there specifically with this gift, there is a lot of fear surrounding it. Like there's been people that have given me quote unquote prophetic words. And I go, I walk away from that being afraid Mm. and being like, "Mm." there's like the spirit of God casts out all fear. And I just feel like you just dumped fear on me. And so could you maybe like speak a little bit to that? Like if, if someone does have this gift, but they're walking around spewing fear like, how do you, because you said, like, correct, challenge. And I yeah. think a lot of people use fear as, like, a correcting and challenge. Yeah. So could you maybe speak to that a little bit? I mean, this is just strictly my interpretation of this, but I, I think that kind of like what Andrew said, the ultimate prophecy we that we need, the, the baseline, the foundation of all prophecy is God's word. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody ever gives you a prophecy that doesn't line up with God's word, don't, don't listen to it. Um, when it comes to, to fear, I think that there is there is something to um, strengthening somebody, but but prophecy should always lead to freedom. It always points to Jesus and leads to freedom, leads mm-hmm. to um, falling in love with Jesus more. And so, you know, if somebody was like, hey, I, I think you're really struggling with jealousy or envy or every time we talk, 
you seem to really have a problem with this or this person. I feel like God's telling me you need to figure that out. I mm-hmm. mean, we wouldn't necessarily say that was a prophecy, but maybe God gave somebody a prophetic word to be like, hey, they're dealing with this. Go go figure sure. this out. It'll lead you to be free and and to follow Jesus and repentance and not gossip. But but I think there's also a lot of people that get prophecies that the world's going to end, you mm-hmm. know, and right. we're still here. Right. And, and I don't think that that's God's heart for for prophecy necessarily. There's there's two things with prophecy and all spiritual gifts for that matter that I think give us some freedom um, in not being perfect. And and this is what it is. It, the Bible says, and I believe it's here in Corinthians somewhere, <laughs> that there's that theologian. Um, <laughs> it's in the Bible somewhere. But for now, it says, you know, for now we see in part, like in, like in a mirror. Um, but then we'll see, you know, face to face. What that's saying is we... We will get things from God, and and because of human error, we we can have the right heart, the right thought, but miss the right application. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or bi- articulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How they articulate it. Yeah, yeah, and the Bible says that the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet, and what mm-hmm. that means is people that operate in prophetic giftings are accountable to themselves. Mm-hmm. One, they they are subject to being human. Mm-hmm. And two, they have an accountability to correctly steward this gift. And so just like any other human, like if somebody is a really influential leader, I mean, God's placed a, a leadership gift on their life. They can use that and do amazing things mm-hmm. and build people up and and encourage people and lead people to Jesus. Or it can get twisted and they can start kind of pulling strings and manipulating things to kind of work in their favor just with any gift, with anything like that. And so um, I think with fear, I think that with any gift comes power. And we're actually going to talk about this, uh, kind of wrapping this series up at the end. Paul gives us an incredible filter to use every spiritual gift in. And it's 1 Corinthians 13. It's it's love. Mm-hmm. Um I think that when things are done in love, mm-hmm. there's one, there's room for error, but then two, um, things will fall in line with Paul's definition of what prophecy is, and that's strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Yeah. And so I don't know. To me, people yeah. that go around and, and kind of throw fear and throw shade on everything, I don't know. Maybe they heard from God and they're interpreting it wrong, or maybe they're just things aren't shaking out the way they want it to, and so they think that somehow this can be a, yeah. a play and to some extent. Yeah, and I I think if if you're listening to this podcast, that's why it's so important because I do think that there are people out there who manipulate and yeah. and whatnot and um, but I even kind of studying for this today, reading the the couple in in Thessalonians and John where it says test it yeah because there I've I've had this even in this past six months I've had people that I really really trust speak things over me and in the moment I was like oh, I feel like it's I feel like that's off. I feel mm-hmm. like it's wrong. And there have been a couple where I've like thought about it and prayed about it. But what I think is amazing with that is that when when you feel that it kind of forces you to engage with God, engage with the spirit of like, what, God, what are you trying to say to me? Mm-hmm. Is there levels of truth to this? Is there not? Um, so that's why like for me operating in that gift, sometimes I feel like I feel like I should say something mm-hmm. and I might be completely off. Yeah. But my hope and my prayer is that something is said or it sparks something inside of them that's going to make them want to test test what was spoken. So right. I, I do think that just like everything else, that spiritual gifts are can be 
can be used to manipulate people. Um, I won't call those spiritual gifts. I'll just call it manipulation. But but even like when Paul talks about, I, I'm not going to say this great, but the people are preaching the wrong gospel. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, I'm just glad they're preaching any gospel because at least like the name of Jesus is being spoken about, you know? And so yeah, yeah. at least the gospel being proclaimed may not be proclaimed in the perfect way, but at least it's being proclaimed. So mm-hmm. I kind of view this as the same way of like, I love when people tried to operate in those, even though it may not manifest itself in the most beautiful, beautiful, like eye-opening way, yeah. but it does create conversation and I don't know. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I don't know, to kind of summarize this question up before we move on. And, and in 1 Corinthians 14, we see Paul kind of, he lays out the gifts. He talks about the filter, which we should all view it in. And then he kind of gives structure for how these should be used in a church that's not using them correctly. He says this, and this is where it's 1 Corinthians 14, 32 and 33. The spirit of the prophet are subject to the control of the prophet. This is the NIV. And it says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, um, as in all congregations of the Lord's people. And so I think that with the gift of prophecy, um, is is the prophecy, is the encouragement, is the strengthening leading to peace? Is it leading to freedom? Yeah. Because God loves his church. He wants his church to be in order. He wants people um, to experience peace. And so yeah. I think that I think that there can be challenging things in your life that will eventually bring you peace. If you're in a sin pattern and somebody calls you out on that, mm-hmm. it might not feel great in the moment, but it will ultimately lead you to peace. Yeah, and so I think with prophecy, is it in God's word? Does it follow God's written word that we already have, his revelation of who he is and what he wants from us? Um, does it lead to peace? Does it make you fall in love with Jesus more? I think those are all great filters. And still at the end of the day, um, there can be a part of it that's right and some that's wrong. It can all be right. It can all be wrong. It can be wrong for now, but right for later. Mm-hmm. There's so much um, that kind of goes on to this. And so, um, yeah, these are one of those supernatural gifts. And we said it last last week. It can be hard sometimes to talk about something that's other than us but that doesn't devalue it just because we don't fully understand the mystery Mm -hmm. of it all Mm -hmm. um but i want to kind of move to this because the spiritual gifts aren't just given to us to have supernatural powers um Mm -hmm. there's a purpose for it there's there's a reason that we have spiritual gifts that that god gave us those and paul kind of talks about it a little bit but i want to ask this question what's the role of not just prophecy maybe prophecies we can talk about that a little bit, but what are the role of all these spiritual gifts um, in the matter of maybe your friend circle, your small group, and your local church right now in 2020? What was the heart of God when he gave us these gifts to be for the church? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it is a gift. <clears throat> I talked about it last week, that it is to like strengthen believers and ultimately to progress the gospel. Um I just looked up a verse. It says in 2 Timothy, like we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, fan into flame, the gift of God, mm. uh, so that the gospel progresses. So yeah. you might, it even says suffer much for the gospel. And um, so without these gifts, I feel like it's kind of like a God in heaven. It's like pat on the back. Good luck, kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Do it. Spread the gospel. And I think what's so um, powerful. When you look at the church across the globe, there was this moment that I had in Israel. It was me and Aaron. We were sitting at um, 
Mount of the Beatitudes. And there was a, another church, I think they were speaking Portuguese. And this lady just starts, just stood up in the middle of their worship experience. And she, I think she was reading Isaiah because it was, I could see kind of what they're reading. Um, and she starts bawling, crying, 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 crying. And me and Aaron had this moment, we look at each other and we both were like, the spirit of God came over her in such a way that she was like prophesying and speaking over her, her church in such a beautiful way that I have experienced without where we might have a language barrier, but there, wow, we did it. We made it. And just being in Israel, seeing the gospel progress, it was such a cool moment for me and Aaron. Um, But I think the role, you kind of hit on like the role, what is the role of prophecy in the church? And I think why I asked the question of fear is I think we all have come across a person that's like, I have a word for you. And you're like, great. And I'm just like, here we go. Buckle my seatbelt. Yes, yes. And I even wrote down the the verse that says, test the spirits. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they from God or from many false prophets have gone out into the world. Um, But you know the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses Jesus, which is what you were talking about, Connor, has come from the flesh, um, is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Um, and then it goes on to say, uh, whoever knows God listens to us, who is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth or and the spirit of error. And also says this, like for in 1 Corinthians 13, for we prophesy, we know in part and we prophesy in part, which talks to our humanness. So I think if you have this gift, it is to edify the church, it is pro- to progress the church, period. But this should also humble you. This gift should come with immense amount of humility. Yeah. Not, I have a word for you. Yeah. No, it, it, it should be, Jesus, I want to progress your church through the admonishing of the saints. Mm-hmm. And we, I know, because scripture says, I am prophesying in part. So this should not give you a leg up on someone. Yeah. This should not be like, I know your future. I know your destiny. You need to break up with that person. Absolutely not. I, I do not think you need to test your motives. And if there is something that is holding you back, if the person does need to maybe break up with that person, you are prophesying in part. And to like humble yourself before God's righteous right hand so that he may exalt you. He may exalt that person. So anyways, um, all that to say, long story short, it is to progress the church. These gifts are to yeah. progress the church. Yeah, and I, I think that that's really good. To, it's, it's such a level of humility of like, hey, God has, has potentially given you this word, um, this thought, this, this um, revelation, and he's allowing you to play a role in, yeah. in somebody's life. And I, I think, too, and we're like, God told me this. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think... And I, I'd love to speak to just, I think that this is a gift that I've really like fought to operate. And I think it's just because yeah. be, being a pastor and and being a youth pastor for for so many years and now being a young adult ministry, like I'm like, man, I really want to help mm-hmm. people. So I, I think for me, how I operate with it is wh- whether I'm sitting in a room, maybe it's on a Thursday night or I'm having a conversation with somebody. I, I try to in the middle of that moment say, okay, I, I try to listen. Yep. And and here, what what is this person saying right now? God, what what are you, what are you speaking right? Is, is there anything that, like they need to hear? 
And then when I when I feel like I I hear something, then I I and I'm doing all this like in my mind yeah, yeah. of like, okay, does, does this match up? Does this match up with with your scripture in the Word of God? And then I I say it to somebody like, hey, can I can I just encourage you with something? And here's here's what I'm feeling. I'm listening to your situation. I, I, I was watching you from across the room. I know that sounds weird. Yeah. Um, maybe I could do that because I'm I'm a pastor. And they know I'm a pastor, but. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm just I'm just sensing that like man you got a lot of fear in your life right now or mm-hmm. like you have deep deep anxiety. Uh, can can I just tell you that that through scripture it says blank yeah. blank blank yeah. Uh, and so I believe that this week that that God wants to do something. But can you you know so and a lot of times it's not this crazy revelation of this yeah. like wild wild thing. It, it actually speaks what I found is nine out of 10 times, it speaks to what that person is already hearing from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But we kind of just get to come alongside and give like yeah. a, that little a, little, a, nudge. a little nudge of like, yeah, I have been feeling this. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. And there's been times where it's like, nah, you're off. I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried. You know? yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think that's so important. Um, all, every single one of these gifts, Paul says in, in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 14, is that the church may be built up. And I think mm-hmm. that's where we can kind of lose sight of all this, is that when we think that these gifts are for us to make us super Christians, and God loves us, and he does want us to have the closest, most authentic relationships with him that we can, but God is so focused on winning the lost and building people up to look more and more like Jesus mm-hmm. Um that we always have to, when we talk about spiritual gifts, when we talk about anything from tongues, prophecy to wisdom and knowledge, Paul always gives us this foundational structure of to build up others, to right. build yeah. up others, to build up others, to build up others. And so if you if you find yourself, you feel prophetic. Maybe God speaks to you in dreams or visions. Maybe you feel like in, in services or just with friends, you feel like you have something on your heart this is build somebody up. This is build somebody up. And and I think that is another great filter um, to kind of use to just look through the lens of not just prophecy, but any spiritual gift. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Am I building somebody up? Am I pushing them to be more like Jesus? Am I encouraging them uh, on their walk with Jesus and following Jesus? Is this For the helping good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the church? Or mm-hmm. is this more to just try to act yeah. cool and powerful? Like yeah. In, Harry Potter or something like that, <laughs> um, but but speaking of filters, I kind of want to I kind of want to wrap up um, our Holy Spirit series spiritual gift conversation with this final thought, and it's this: um, Paul tells believers that spiritual gifts are real; they're available. He actually tells us at the end of First Corinthians fourteen, um, don't forbid prophecy or speaking in tongues or. I, Maybe this is, I'm not trying to take any leeway with him, but probably any other gift. Don't forbid these things to happen. But he gives us this framework in 1 Corinthians 13 that says, we need to prioritize love Mm -hmm. in every area of our life, but especially this is in the context of spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes people have used 1 Corinthians 13 to almost undermine the importance of spiritual gifts. Like, well, spiritual gifts are real, but Paul says love is... Is better, but we have to keep in mind he then goes right back to talking about applying spiritual gifts. So he's not Mm -hmm. saying love is better in opposition to spiritual gifts. He's saying that in the context of spiritual gifts, 
love needs to be the highest priority right. here. And so mm-hmm. kind of want to close out this series, this, this, this thought with this. What is the role of love, especially when it comes to the context of the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit? Whitney, you want to speak to that? Oh, I... Do you want me just to read it? Yeah, read it. First Corinthians 13. Yeah, it's great. Um, if I speak in the tongues of man and of angels, so what we spoke about last week, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clinging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains but not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not loved, I have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And I mean, finish reading that. But I think that's such a perfect framework for the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, do I have a prophetic word to bash someone over the head? No. I'm a, I'm a noisy gong, is yeah. what Paul says. And so I think that when you have, when, when, when God lays something on your heart, and maybe it is a righteous indignation, mm-hmm. there is still a framework that you need to unroll it in. And it is love. Yeah. I think love is so powerful um, because the Bible says that God is love mm-hmm. and not not our world's definition of love, not a, not a translucent, fluent version of love. Love defined by God. God is love. And he says that it's because he so loved the world mm-hmm. that Jesus came. And so kind of like what you were saying, I think, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we've discussed the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, tongues, prophecy, all these other things. And that can be intimidating. That can feel mm-hmm. weird and foreign if if that's not something you've grown up with or are comfortable with. But know this, that they were given to you out of the heart of love, mm-hmm. that God loves you and wants you to grow and build his church. And two, that when they're used correctly, they're used in the spirit and the heart of love, mm-hmm. that, that they're used because... Um, God loves you and wants you to grow, that God loves his church and wants you to grow, and that any gift, and there is, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, I, I've experienced this, I'm sure you have, there are the potential and people that use these gifts out of the context of love, and that's mm-hmm. what makes them weird, and that's what yep. makes them um, feel wrong or Spirit hurt, of error. Hurtful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when they're used properly, and that's a fight, that's a battle, that's humbleness and submission and constantly going to God, they're a beautiful thing yeah. that can help accelerate anything that we could do on our own to push the news of Jesus yeah. forward. Yeah, and I think kind of what, what you were saying is that love just has to be the foundation mm-hmm. and compassion and kindness has to be the foundation before I think we begin to operate in these gifts with people. Uh, for instance, with my wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are times where I feel like she needs to hear something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something where I'm like, I I feel like uh-huh. you're off on this or whatever, uh-huh. and I and I actually feel like biblically I have an actual yeah. thought for you, and I yeah. have, um, but we just got done arguing, mm-hmm. or there's some resentment because of our s- curtain or a certain uh, circumstance, yeah, and I'll 
share a word with her <laughs> that could be backed by scripture, but there's no love behind yeah. it. And you know how she takes that? Bong. It, it doesn't lead to peace. It doesn't lead to freedom. Yeah. But there are times where I like humble myself and I remind myself, man, I know I really love my wife. Mm-hmm. I care about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to be compassionate and empathetic and I'm going to lead, I'm allowed that to be my foundation. And then when I'm like, but I, but I feel like God has something for you and we talk about it, it turns into this really beautiful moment. So I yeah. think that's, I know that's in the context of marriage, but I think it's the same thing of, man, do I love this person? Do I have like crazy compassion on them? Right. Um, is there a fence between us? Figure that out first. Yeah, because if there is, and, and you're trying to share your two cents with them yeah. of what God's trying to do, and they're like, yeah. forget about it, man. Yeah. Um, so God, so Paul is like, I'd rather you love, mm-hmm. yeah, and just care, be compassionate for that person far more before I want you to try to heal them, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever it might be. So I think that that's trying to put some imagery, I think, behind what I think this passage is trying to. Yeah. And you might have all sorts of words. You yeah. take faith steps that nobody else takes. But no one wants to hear it. It's not going to lead to freedom or peace if there's not love at the foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and spiritual gifts don't have to be outside of the context of, of normalcy. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is I think sometimes when we get a prophetic word or something like that, we think that all normal relational etiquette goes out the door because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we've experienced. But it's really good. I mean, if, you know, Love the person first. Yeah. You know, have a relationship. Know their name, you know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. before you <laughs> yeah. try to speak about their future spouse or something like that. Like, yeah, I think what Paul's saying is God's heart is always to love people. Yeah. And when these gifts are used to love people, encourage people, build people up, and love is the foundation of the the heart of these you can actually be wrong about some things and there's grace there and there's mm-hmm. still yep. peace and love there because you're not weaponizing these things. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think there, there's, there's been a few times in my life where it's just someone at a left field <laughs> yeah. that I have zero relationship with. I've tried many times, <laughs> but there's been a few times where I'm like, wow, that, yeah. that landed. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually it's birthed out of a relationship yeah. or it's birthed out of someone who came to me. for I don't really know them, but they came to me at church and started talking to me. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you, you've allowed me into the conversation of, of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because So I, th- I think what you're saying is um, allow it to be a part of your normal relationships and the normal yeah. relational routine yeah, that you yeah. have. Um, and sometimes I think God gives you like a, hey, invite that person to church. You've mm-hmm. never talked to them before. We, yeah. I can tell you how many times I've left the bank and like, freak, I got to drive, <laughs> turn back yeah. around and invite the yeah. teller to church. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so, yeah, it's random thought. But No, I think that's so good. Yeah. So um, we are wrapping up our Holy Spirit series. Guys, any closing thoughts? I know we have left no stone unturned. If you listen to this series, you will have every answer to every question you've ever <laughs> Had on or you might days. be far more confused yeah. <laughs> than you were three weeks ago. And for that, we apologize for Connor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. But do, do you guys have any closing thoughts before we wrap this series up? Trust the Holy Spirit. Test it. If you, yeah. if, if, if you feel it at all, like then, then test it. Try to understand it. Um, you won't fully ever understand. It'll all be impartial. Yeah. Um, but I... But I, I love this this series because all we, our goal is just to show you that the Holy Spirit is alive and active. Yeah. 
and we fully believe and there'd be plenty of people who are much smarter than us that would disagree with us but we believe that um this uh, the gifts of the spirit are are active and mm-hmm. available to us yeah. yeah i think that's so good um will, will you pray for us as we're yeah. closing out yeah. God, I just um, thank you for this podcast. I thank you for the listeners. God, whatever they're walking through right now, I just pray that they just lean into your spirit, that they lean into your word. God, that you open their eyes to gifts that you've given them. Um, the person that's just so far from you that feels like you want nothing to do with them, God, that you have given them such specific gifts that um, your word says are irrevocable. No one, no one can take away from us. And so thank you for the gift. Thank you that the church still progresses in 2020 and beyond. And we love you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Be sure whatever platform you listen to, to subscribe. Um, And if you think this would help anybody that you know, friend, family, whatever, feel free to share it. Um, And if you want to know what's going on in Young Adults, check out our social media or you can go to ROYA.org. Thank you guys so much. We love you. And we will be back with a new series here next week. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. Love you.